leaving all of that in. <laughs> that is the, uh, the best way to enter this. It'll be better next week, but hi and welcome to Behind the Hype as we figure out our new intro. Chewie's back! Hi! After how many, how many people, like, you originally started being, like, the person to come up with our intros. It's because I came up with one good one. It was a great one. I don't remember what, oh, was it the, no, it wasn't Dee Dee Allen. Where was it, Dee Dee Allen? Dee 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 uh, and now she's kind of back at it, and it's fun. This one is uh, not very much a horror film. I was hoping for more dead people, which is a weird thing to hope for when I picked it. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm sure people will die, and it's called Knives Out. It's a murder mystery. They're not just going to kill one person. And then I guess they do kind of kill a second one later on. Kind of. The horror yeah. in this movie is people's expectations of maintaining wealth. Yeah. The horror in this movie is... How do they put it in uh, The Irishman? Rich people's kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that is the horror in Knives Out. Um, uh, did I even say Jonathan Hardesty is here? Man, my, I am off my game today. I am sorry, John. Hi, John. Oh, oh, me? Me? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hi, hi. You as well. <laughs> Brian Howdy. baked a cake. Glad to be here. I baked a pie. Hi. I baked a pie. I did a lot of laundry. I had a very busy Whenever day. Whenever Brian bakes, it's very physical. <laughs> So he gets tired. I do. I get worn out. It turned out good. It's a blueberry apple at, pie. No matter what, at some point, Brian will say he ruined it. It's terrible. I should throw it away. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it usually turns out okay. Yeah. You just got to let me get past that part. It's like the runner's <laughs> wall. Like when you're like running a marathon, you get to like mile 17, 18. You're like, I'm done. I can't do anymore. It's like, no, just keep going. You're going to feel fine in a mile or so. And then you do. Yeah. That's my baking. That's, at yeah, some that's point, a... I'm like, nope, this is trash. It's going to the garbage. Just that's like uh, for people it. who write for a living. Writer's yeah. block, you know, after that first sentence. Just you got to keep writing more. Yeah, just, just keep going and you'll feel better. And it's true. Usually turns out okay. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, so for Jamie Lee Curtis, we have a, a pretty good lineup of movies coming up. Uh, some horror, some not. Uh, but first, we have a where have they been doing. Because we are going to record this episode on a few different nights and our schedules just kept not working out. So one of those nights, we're like, well, we're going to watch Knives Out, but it is over two hours. So let's just do a different one. And we decided... To uh, basically take the option of watching Halloween 2 off the table and do it as a where <laughs> they've been doing. And uh, wow, what a bad idea. Sorry. <laughs> I, I haven't Tell seen me more. It. Tell me more. I hadn't seen it since I saw it. Uh, like I rented it from Blockbuster when I was in high school on a VHS. Like That was the last time I saw Halloween 2. Um, it hasn't aged well. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it was very good to begin with. Like It is just a... It's a disaster of a movie, and I know a lot of people who really like it, and I don't. I don't know why. It's just kind of upsettingly boring. It's. it's I don't know the director. I'm looking them up right now. 
But so, if this is one of their earlier movies and they wanted to try to be a suspense director, they had to learn. Well, I mean, John Carpenter wrote it and he produced it again. And like, you could watch the first Halloween and you could have the frame of mind of like, fucking nothing happens in this movie. It's boring as hell. But you'd be out of your mind because it's always suspense. Like they did such a good job creating that world of like where is Michael at all times. Like you're always waiting for that other shoe to drop. It's suspenseful. In Halloween two, if you haven't seen it, it picks up the moment Halloween ends. Actually, it picks up like five minutes before Halloween ends. Like it picks up in the hallway when he tells the when uh, Jamie Lee tells the kids to run away, and then she gets stabbed in the shoulder, and they shoot him six times as Doctor Loomis will I scream over and over. For the first five minutes of the movie. Um, And then she goes to the hospital. And she's in the hospital throughout the entire movie. And you kind of see Michael Myers go, where the fuck did my sister go? Hmm. I had her. And now she's gone. And that's the majority of the movie is him going, no, she's not in this house. No, she's not here. Oh, there's somebody. I'll kill them. (laughs) Oh, it wasn't my sister, though. Where'd she go? Oh, she's at the hospital. Ah. And then he kills some people in the hospital. And then Jamie Lee comes back in the movie and she runs away from him again. And it's like, I don't think she did a bad job in the movie. She clearly was not as good as she was in the first movie. She had nothing to do in this movie. Exactly. The first movie, she had so much to do. This one, her whole job was just to wait until she had to run away from Michael at the end of the film. And It's just not a good movie. The director of this uh, has done a lot of television. Well, that doesn't mean anything. There's not some really good directors in uh, some really good directors in television. I was yeah. No, not at all. You're wrong. Can be a good director. <laughs> That's the hill you're gonna die on. <laughs> nah. Uh, this was his first movie. Yeah. Halloween two. That tracks. Okay. <laughs> the director's name is Rick Rosenthal. Well, his first one wasn't so great. I did like the gore. Like, they had some pretty interesting kills. Like, clearly, like, there's that age-old thing. If you go way, 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 way back in our After the Hype uh, logs to our Friday the 13th episode, our Friday the 13th battle, uh, Josh from uh, that episode goes on to talk about how these movies just kind of kept looking at each other between Friday the 13th and Halloween and kept going, like, we need to one-up them. We need to one-up them. We need to one-up them. And uh, I don't think they won up Friday the 13th because Friday the no, 13th is the best horror franchise no, ever. Like, Friday the uh, 13th has a moment where you stab Kevin Bacon through the neck. Which makes no logical sense at all. It makes no all. logical sense, but it's a great scene. Such a good scene. I don't believe that there is a scene like that in Halloween 2. No. no the, the gore was way better in, in Friday the yeah. 13th. But. Well, and clearly st- it really stuck with me because everything you've just mentioned about it, I don't remember at all. <laughs> Halloween 2? <two>? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't want to say the Rob Zombie sequel is better, but it's way less boring. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no matter what, if you have a criticism of Rob Zombie movies, boring's not one. <laughs> I mean, you're never bored watching one of his movies, so You might there's not that. be liking what you're watching, but you're not. You're still engaged in some form. I mean, you don't have, in the original Halloween 2, you do not have Michael Myers seeing his mom as an angel with a Pegasus. Like, there's none of that bullshit. <laughs> And he doesn't okay, talk that, like he weird. does. Yeah. Oh, man. If you want to see a weird movie, Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie. It <laughs> All is right. fucking weird. Rob Zombie's kind of a weird guy. Yeah, I mean, it tracks. So Knives Out, huh? Knives Out. <laughs> I didn't know how to... I'm sure there was a good transition with Michael Myers and Knives at some point in there, but I didn't see it. No, there is. It's time to cut in, that conversation out and go to Halloween Knives Out. Halloween 2, where Jamie Lee just kinds of limps around... Lays down, crawls around, hides in a car for about twenty minutes. <laughs> doesn't really do much at all. 
You have Jamie Lee in this movie, who stands up quite tall in a very bright pink jumpsuit, and she wears it super well. She does wear it well. Yeah. And she, unfortunately... She is proud in this movie. Yeah, she doesn't have a lot to do in this one either, but she's, I think she did more with what she had. But she's a much more seasoned actor by now than she was when she was 20 yeah, in Halloween 2. Yeah, but they gave her more stuff to do in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. And she might not have a lot of screen time, but man, did they give her a lot of character. Yeah. And that's very blatant. Um, yeah, so Knives Out. Let's dive into it. Uh, I'm going to kind of save Jamie Lee for the end because she's the one I want to sp- focus on the most. Uh, Knives Out is a, it's a film came out late last year, I want to say. Like Thanksgiving, right? Something like that. Uh, it was a slow Yeah, November 27th. From what so, I understand, yeah. it was a good word of mouth film. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, the critics loved it. Like they usually do for Ryan Johnson movies. It's yeah. very r- rare that they're like, this Ryan Johnson movie's crap. They even say it's, he made the best Star Wars film. Because he did. And um, <laughs> Of the new movies. Of the new movies, of course. Of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Gonna let you stew in that one, listeners. <laughs> Anyhow, Knives Out. That was a fun little tangent. I might actually <laughs> leave that one in. Um, so Knives Out, I'll, I'll do a quick breakdown. So this is a movie that came out uh, late last year, as I said earlier. It is a murder mystery slash whodunit sort of thing, except we know who did it and uh, we know who was murdered um, pretty much throughout the majority of the movie. I think the turn comes of like, oh, he did it to himself like half an hour in, maybe. Sooner, where they mentioned suicide, but I well, they mentioned suicide, but they don't confirm suicide. We actually see him do it until like uh, maybe half hour in, yeah, um, about half, yeah, yeah. So the the story is not really the who done it; it's more the figuring out who done it, and then the uh, like who made it a mystery. Like that's more of what the question is. Isn't like who did the murder? Why do we care? And I think that's kind of an interesting way to to frame this sort of film. Um, but anyhow, so moving on, uh, the world's greatest detective, uh, forgetting his name right now, Benoit, Benoit Blanc. Benoit last, Blanc. Last of the gentleman sleuths. Yes, indeed. Uh, played by Mr. Daniel Craig. He shows up at the house to try to figure out, was this a suicide? And as the movie goes on, we find out that the, the man who, uh, I'm blanking his name now, Harlan, uh, Christopher Plummer. Uh, Christopher Plummer had a nurse slash best friend, played by Ana de Armas. And I'm just gonna—I'm gonna try. I was gonna try to do it like as the movie told it. Like, was it a murder? Was it not? I'm just gonna be honest. So uh, she thought she poisoned him. She actually didn't, but he thought she did. So he came up with a very quick but very good plan to make sure she wouldn't go down for the murder. Um, he kills himself. Turns out Chris Evans uh, concocted this whole plan. Ransom. Ransom uh, to make Anna de Armas kill his dad, and it didn't work. Um, so his dad killed himself, and then he hired this guy to try to prove that, you know, the girl did it, and it, that didn't work either. And uh, Daniel Craig figures it all out. Anna Armas is fine. And, uh, oh, yeah, and in his will, he left everything to Anna Armas, not to his shitty fucking kids. And that's why there's a lot more contention than just a murder. It wasn't that they were all shitty. It's that he felt that his wealth and stuff was holding them back. Which is fair. Because yeah. I, I would honestly say the only the only one of his kids that I would not deem shitty was Jamie Lee Curtis. Right, exactly. Yeah. And even she had a huge leg up, as they mentioned. Because like, like, she's very proud of herself. She made something on her own. She did get a million dollar loan from her dad. It may- 
she didn't lose that million dollars. Nope. It doesn't sound like her business ever went bankrupt multiple times. It sounds like she had one thing and she stuck to it and made it successful. No, at, at the end of the film, Honor Armas gets everything. And you look at her, she's on like the last shot of the film. Maybe not the very last, but one of the last shots of the film is just great. Where she's in the house and all of the family is outside of the house. And they're looking up at her as she's on this balcony. And it's like... You look at everyone down there. You have the entire family, minus Chris Evans, who just got arrested. Uh, they're all fucked. Like, they all lived their entire life banking on Christopher Plummer's character to bankroll them. And that's gone now. I think the only person there who will get out of this okay is Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, especially because yeah. she had a prenup. Yeah, she had a prenup. Her husband's a cheating fuck. Don Johnson is screwed. <laughs> I don't know Don Johnson. I've never met Don Johnson. I really hope he's a nice guy because he's made a career on playing just total douchebags. He, he had his eyes done. Did he? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that one of those close-ups, I'm like, you had your eyes done, Don. I mean, that doesn't mean he's a bad guy. No. Just, I don't know why I always notice. It's eyes pretty, are pretty obvious. It's Kenny Rogers' fault. Damn you, Kenny Rogers. It's because when he got his and eyes your done, eyes. now I just see it. <laughs> And your chicken. <laughs> Damn your eyes. <laughs> I mean, this is a rabbit hole we don't need to go down. Yeah, we don't need to go down the Kenny uh, Rogers chicken rabbit hole because that's where I'm headed. That's the only thing I can hear. It's Kenny Rogers chicken. Chicken leg with duck feet. We're going to start talking about Seinfeld. Yeah, then I'm just going out Seinfeld. We're going to back at Star Wars at some point. <laughs> Which reminds okay. me of Ryan Johnson in this movie we watched. <laughs> But I love the juxtaposition between Jamie Lee Curtis's character and Don Johnson's character. If we're going to talk about that. Yeah, because, yeah, Because Jamie Lee, like I said, we're not supposed to talk about her quite yet. Yeah, but you want to talk about Don Johnson. So we'll, yeah. we'll save the... Uh, I'll talk about the juxtaposition. Here, you know what? Here, we'll, we'll hold on to that for just one second. Let's actually talk about like the t- the three main leads, and then we'll move on to them. All right. Um, so let's start with uh, let's start with Chris Evans. Let's start with Captain America. Um, Playing the opposite of Captain America. Yeah. I always kind oh, of. Oh man! For, do you ever? Correct me if I'm wrong here. Does anybody else ever kind of forget how he, how good of an actor Chris Evans can be? No. Yes. I always I forget do. it. I don't. Because I've seen him give less than perfect performances. Like I've seen him be like, "Oh, you're good," but then every now and then it's like you'll watch Snowpiercer and it's like, "Oh fuck, he's great." Yeah. Or, or you get kind like, of used to him yeah. just as his Captain America persona, which. You kind of, when you're a generally good person, you can kind of just wear like a good coat and just, you know, but progress. Like, you can act like a good person, but that doesn't mean you have the sincerity and such as he does when he's playing Captain America. Yeah, just based on like interviews and stuff I've seen of him, I always seen him more as his like Johnny Storm from Fantastic Four he's days. Great than Johnny I did. Storm. He was so good as Johnny Storm. <laughs> He was. Those movies might have been awful, but he was great. great as the jock in not another teen movie. Like, he's oh right, a good actor. amazing. He, he's a very good actor, and like I, I love this role for him because I think he's started, started, started kind of getting like pigeonholed into these Captain America esque roles, where like he is the hero, he's the good guy, and I like seeing him do these things that are not quite that, but they still use it, and I think that's what was so good about this one. Was he is clearly the bad guy. Like, clearly. Uh, I didn't ask Tony um, from Fuck Tony, if you remember. uh, But he had texted me that he hated this movie because he figured it all out, like, right away. And I'm guessing that's when when Ransom jumps down from the thing and the grandma is there. And she's like, oh, Ransom back so soon? 
I'm guessing Tony figured the whole thing out right there, and that's why he didn't like it. I'd have to confirm that with him later. Um, but, so for the for the smart audience, you know he's the bad guy the whole way through. For somebody like me, who I didn't pick up on that right away, like, I think I was able to figure it out maybe five minutes before the end, but I, I was guessing pretty much the whole way through. Um, you can kind of see, like, oh, is he a bad guy? Like, because you have that scene at the dinner where he's like, oh, no, he's, he's definitely out for himself, but he doesn't seem that bad like he clearly wants to help her too yeah i I think in my case i wanted to uh i projected a little bit i wanted him to at the end be innocent like this is all just a misunderstanding someone else was the nefarious my my beloved chris evans can't be bad i mean he's (laughs) not nice in this you know he's saying eat shit and you know like he's doing all this like not nice stuff but maybe he didn't do oh he did it okay cool yeah but i was the uh, different from both of you. Yeah. Where I was kind of going a little too M. Night Shyamalan-y with my thinking of this movie. Because I started being like, he might be an illusion. She might be going crazy. She might be imagining that he's with her the whole time. Especially when they were doing the car chase. The way he was helping her, talking to her, it felt very fake. Which it turns out it was fake. But to me it felt fake like she was hallucinating him being in the car with her. Oh. Okay, yeah, I just, but that didn't pan out, obviously. No, because we, we kind of talked about it while we were watching it, because we watched it at home. Um, and, and I remember when you said that, I'm like, I didn't really see, see it seem fake. I think it just wasn't, and I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I just don't think it was a well-cut-together chase. I'm just talking about his deliveries. His no, delivery but I, of his dialogue made me feel like he was being fake, which he was. His character yeah. was being fake. Oh, well, so maybe it was just a good performance. Yeah. You you caught on to like, this isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> like, everything he's saying, he's being too supportive of her in this situation. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, everything of, everything of his is almost convenient. It's like, oh, you're here again after you just left yeah. to help me out and leave. And now, like, we're on this chase. And you've got this, like, piece of paper and this report and this like, ransom this note. And okay. And then you find out. At the end, it's like, oh, that all kind of works because it was fake. He was planning it. It yeah. all was concocted. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of good actors, Ana de Armas. Like, how oh, is wow. she not yeah. a household name yet? So, but, so she's just the every woman of the immigrants. She's from Brazil. She's from <laughs> uh, Panama. Did they say there was something? I think they said Panama. I don't know. I think they said Ecuador as well. Yeah, it was Ecuador. (laughs) No one knows where she's from. I think that she was from Uruguay. Yeah, Uruguay was definitely there. (laughs) Well, (laughs) this family sucks because I don't think any of them know where she's actually from. She never says. No, and like I I also love that these they so often like she's family. She's family. She's family. No one has a clue where she's from. Yeah. Oh. oh, but I, I would have, you should have been at the funeral, but I was outvoted. Yeah, I yeah. was outvoted. I was outvoted. I was outvoted. Okay. You almost have to give like a whole mention, like the whole character is the family. Like we've got the individual actors and the characters, but as a family unit, the casting was spot on for this. Like this family was very specific and very funny with all these little ticks that you can catch from like either your own family or other families that you've been around. You just catch those little things and they play it up so well. Yeah, and it was one of those things where, like, since I never watched a trailer, I never, I, I really was determined not to know a thing about this movie. I remember seeing them as the family and going, like, but they all seem 
like their age range just seems way too ridiculous for it to work and it's when you're watching it, it's like yeah you could like okay well when was this guy born you could really get into the nitty-gritty but the way they like work and react and just kind of like meld together it's like the the, the logistics of like the actors outside of the film just kind of melts away and you buy that they're family like instantly mm-hmm. i thought no, I oh yeah i agree I like it was a family too I believe that Don Johnson hated being in the family. I don't think Don Johnson hated being in the family. He did. I don't think so. I Because he wanted the money, too. Of course he wanted the money. That doesn't mean he likes the family. Well, no, I don't think any of them like each other. I think Jamie Lee likes her, uh, or Linda Drisdale likes <laughs> her brother. Walt? Walt she Thromby. talks shit about Walt all the time in the beginning of the movie. Oh, but I love that line. Where it's like, I don't talk shit about everyone. Yeah. And Don Johnson's like right there being like, he is such a jerk. But that, that, that would be my line at the end of this thing with her. So I won't say it. You're just going to claim it now? Because well, yeah, that's what I was planning on. Yeah, I'm it's a good one. It yeah, yeah. Take it from me. No, it's, it's a good one. But like, I, I do love that scene. But we're, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, because we can't move there before we talk about Daniel Craig. Because Daniel Craig is the one getting a sequel out of this. Him with the freaking accent. Uh, the Southern Gentleman accent. He played it Why so was like- I hired? <laughs> <laughs> I need to go put on a trucking suit. <laughs> seriously, whenever I hear someone talking like this now, I think of the chicken from Futurama. <laughs> the chicken from Futurama. The I could have law- sworn you are going for Foghorn Leghorn, nope. but the no. Li- okay. The lawyer chicken from Futurama. <laughs> Immediate. <laughs> nice. I, I loved Daniel Craig's performance in this, and I was surprised by it because I, th- I think I maybe saw one trailer. I was like, he's doing a voice? Okay, fine. But the full brunt of it didn't hit me until I saw the movie. And I was just, I don't know, for lack of a better word, in glee about it. It was just yeah. fun. He he just he brought the movie to another level and it was just yeah like you, words out of my mouth it was fun like he made the movie more fun yeah. and it's like it's one of those things where don't get me wrong I love Daniel Craig as James Bond I don't necessarily love all of his James Bond movies but I think he's a great James Bond but he's tired of being James Bond it's not even that I just I love like whenever he's outside of James Bond I'm always a little bit more excited because I feel like he's just got James Bond down. He can do it in his sleep. Like I don't think he tries that hard. I don't mean that to sound negative. I don't think he has to try that hard anymore. I feel like they just write it to be Daniel Craig's James Bond. Right. And and kind of this like who done it mystery with a comedic slant is outside of his wheelhouse completely. And to see him take it on so well and with enthusiasm and gusto and knock it out of the park. I just the I think I I worked on an interview with him. He was like I'd never get these movies. And it's like, yeah, no, he should get these movies. He should be, like, start getting him to do comedy because he's got the chops. Yeah. Like, comedic timing is not easy, and you definitely need a good editor to help you the way there. But if you don't have the actor that can do it, it doesn't work. And he clearly can mm-hmm. do it. Like, he, and also, like – oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, my, I was just going to jump into my concern for the second one is because I know oh. they're planning on doing a sequel uh, around his character. I'm hoping that they'll be smart enough to – kind of keep it like this one where they know less is more yeah i've I've read interviews where uh ryan johnson has said stuff like this isn't his movie like he's the side character like the hercule perot like they're not the main characters they're just the detective that comes in and kind of gets everyone on their toes and so after that and seeing his performance here i actually went back and 
yeah, watched um, Murder on the Orient Express, uh, the Brian Cox one, I think. Oh, sure. No, no not Brian Cox. Um, I can I mix them up. Oh, Kenneth Branagh? Kenneth Branagh. No. The good one? <laughs> They're both good, but, you know. But anyways, I, I watched, I watched uh, not the newest one, but the 70s one. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, and just not only did, you know, Daniel Craig in this get that comedic timing out of the way, but he, he was able to evoke that kind of quirky detective with a, a thing and not feel too much like just a copy of Perot, right? Yeah, like, that was my fear. Because well, I'd heard you t- like uh, reference Agatha Christie. I've heard other people do it. And I was always kind of afraid that he was just going to be a Perot clone. And I was very happy to see that he wasn't. And yet you still thought of, like you still think of Agatha Christie without it feeling too much of a pander. Yeah. And I think like love him or hate him for Ryan Johnson, he's got a handle on doing that, evoking that those things that he loves without feeling like, oh, this is just a copy of this. You're just regurgitating this. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I don't mean to go down that road again, but that is Last Jedi. It is clearly, if you look at, like, on paper, oh, this is Empire Strikes Back. But he just took the framework and made it his own. He's very good at that. I like Ryan very Johnson. He, he's, he's quite a director, this guy. Yeah. He's, yeah. like, but yeah, no, that's talented. Kind of, Sorry, that's right? kind of what I thought when I saw Daniel Craig. Like, all those things were floating through my mind with his performance and just the energy that it brought and just evoking whodunits. Actually, this movie really upped my interest in the whodunit mystery, hmm. having not been that interested before, and now I'm just immensely interested in it. Well, if that's everybody else in the movie, I mean, we didn't really talk much about Michael Shannon. Me. I mean, there's so many people. Michael Shannon, he's the the guy who never got outside of his dad's shadow. Yeah. And then you have Tony Collette, who plays kind of she plays the lech, like the she's, lech. <laughs> like she's like a gold digger yeah. lech type thing. And uh, Catherine Langford just plays the daughter who doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah, so like the, Ricky the, Lindholm is the, not in the movie. Essentially, well, she, she's the blonde, right wing, crazy pearl wearing yeah, woman. She has like three lines well, though. A like, bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. A bunch of them are just kind of archetypes. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to Jamie Lee then, because. And I guess you can't really have Jamie Lee without talking a little bit of Don Bluth. Um, Don Johnson, wow. Uh, <laughs> the animation man? <laughs> yeah. And, the characters uh, were going... very animated, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's just talk about Don Bluth for a little while. I love Don Bluth. <laughs> Don Johnson. <laughs> Don Johnson. Mary. Long Don Jamie Johnson. Jamie Lee Curtis. And Jamie Lee is a very self-assured woman who cannot be duped. Don Johnson, on the other hand, is a very insecure man who is easy to anger and very easy to dupe. And is also having an affair. That's, But that's what a lot of times a man who will act out will do something adulterous like that mm. because of his quote-unquote overbearing wife. Which I'm sure is what his character feels about his wife. Oh, Jamie Lee runs their house. I guarantee oh, yeah. Like, like you. Yeah. You get her entire character within about two seconds. <laughs> Like her introduction is just oh so much character right there. Yeah, like she doesn't have to say a lot. She doesn't have to do a lot in this movie. Like she just she commands a room. Yeah, instantly. And it just always amazes me when you have those type of characters of men who will marry a woman who clearly commands a room and then resents them for it later. Yeah, 
It's like, why did you even marry them? Who did you think you were marrying? Yeah, do you think <laughs> she was going to stop being like this? <laughs> well, it's like he bought in. He's like, this is hot. And then like later on, he's like, oh, I actually didn't like this. Yeah, well, Oops. too bad you signed that prenup, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I really enjoy specifically the scene with Jamie Lee where Chewie's quote from later in this episode will come from. That conversation that she has with uh, Daniel Craig where you just see immediately she sees right through his bullshit. And she's just so educated yeah. as well. She's the only one that knows exactly who he is. Yep. Everyone else is like, who is this guy? She's like, no, I know who you are. I've looked yeah. at him. Yeah. And Joni Thrumby slash Tony Collette's character is like, I think I saw a tweet about you. A tweet no, of a New Yorker. Yeah, she read article. a tweet about a New Yorker article about him. Yeah. Like... <laughs> and then Jamie Lee Curtis actually read the New Yorker article. Yeah. So like, it, not only does Jamie Lee Curtis expose, like, anchor who she is, she, she reveals who Tony Collette's character is too. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie is able to reveal everyone else around her just by her presence in the room. It's It's great. Yeah. And that's what I meant earlier. Like she doesn't have a ton of screen time. Like this movie is very much uh I would I would honestly say it's Anna de Armas's movie. Like she's Yeah, she's the main character. Yeah, through and through. I mean she might not get top building, but she's she is the main character. So the rest of the film, it's either her and Daniel Craig or her and Chris <laughs> Evans. Um but very rarely do you, or her with Michael Shannon a couple very creepy times. But she doesn't really have a one on one scene with Jamie Lee Curtis, am I wrong? No, she doesn't. No, like, so without her having a one-on-one scene with her, she's just not going to be in the movie as much. But that doesn't change the fact that throughout the entire film, she has a presence. Like, even when she's not in the house, you still feel that it's her house. Like, even though it was her dad's house, like, you can just tell immediately, oh, she runs everything. She is in charge. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, a woman that can rock an actual jump uh, pantsuit... Not just what they like to call women in a suit, in a two-piece suit, but a one-piece suit and command a room. That's a strong woman right there. In hot pink? <laughs> like, that's a lot. And it looked good on her. Yeah, it looked good on her. She there's, wore like, it well. There's such a <laughs> commanding presence. Like gee, That's one of the things that I liked about this movie, honestly, was that they did a great job with the costume design and the production design and everything to express character moments and character tropes and everything. Yeah. yeah it really kind of... Yeah, I think you said it well. Like, uh, there's really nothing I can add to it. Like, that, the movie just... Everything just sort of clicked. Yeah. It's just one of those movies where I'm looking for a fault, and I know I, I've heard the complaints. Oh, you can figure the whole thing out too fast. Okay. Um, but, I mean, to that complaint, I would even just say... Start checking out other whodunits and other mysteries. And the whole point is, the whole fun is figuring it out. But then the second part is, how did they get away? Like, how did they do this? And are they going to get away? So, like, there's a couple little elements to that. Because, I mean, you, you watch uh, um, Murder on the Orient Express and you, you kind of can kind of guess. Not, I mean, I, it took me a while. Um, but still, th- that is the most important part. It's a big part of any of these mysteries. Yeah, and then I, I just, for my own, you know, soapbox moment, I have this thing where, like, I get really mad at people when they'll say, like, the horror movie wasn't scary. And I'm just Ugh. like, have you ever seen another horror movie? Well, yeah, I've seen a whole bunch. Then how did you expect to be scared? You've seen the tricks. <coughs> it's like you went to magician school, and then you're mad that magic tricks don't fool you anymore. If you've right. seen 
another murder mystery, you know what realm you're in, so you know mm-hmm. what clues to look for, and you can probably figure it out. If you're watching a horror movie, and you've seen a thousand horror movies, you know what's coming, and you probably won't be scared by it. That's not the movie's fault. It's your fault. So just enjoy the thing that you say you enjoy. And I feel the same way for murder mysteries. Okay, great. You love them. So you figured it out. That makes sense. That's not the so movie's ways fault. I can go. Yeah, exactly. Like, especially with murder mysteries. Like, with horror, you can play a lot of different angles. Maybe even more so than murder mysteries. But it's pretty cut and dry with those. There's the murder, how it was done, and do they get away with it. And the detective who's on their case. And you play that a couple different ways. And then the rest is the actors. The scenery, the yeah. setting, the scenario, like all that is so much more than just the plot. Yeah, I totally agree. Like for me, it's like the the script was airtight. Like the script just worked. There weren't really a lot of loose threads. Like even things like, well, I guess that's not coming back would eventually come <clears throat> back around. Mm-hmm. Um, even things that I didn't particularly like, like the puke thing, where whenever she tells a lie, she throws up. I, the second they brought that up, I'm like, I'm not a fan of this gimmick. Like, I know it's going to come back. I know it's going to be a big tell. Like, I, I know what this is. I'm not a fan. And throughout, I wasn't a fan. Even when it had, like, the cream on the top, wonderful moment of puking in Chris Evans' face. It's awesome. And I'm still just like, I don't like the gimmick. doesn't <laughs> work. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I still enjoyed the movie, though. Like, the rest of it all worked so well that, like, the one thing didn't work for me. Okay. Yeah. I can see through it. Um, was there anything else that we missed in Knives Out when we're mostly here to talk about Jamie Lee? I don't think it's that we missed it. It's that one thing that I really enjoyed about this movie that a lot of other movies feel forced with is I enjoyed the use of props in this film. Hmm. Because... They a lot of times thought they had little story centric moments with the plots, or just lots of like call moments when you see a like a half second of something and be like, "Oh, that's important. That'll come back later." But it wasn't annoying. Like sometimes movies will have a thing where they like pan across the table and then they'll stop on something for a moment. And then they'll pan yeah. across the table. <laughs> and you're like, right, yeah. okay, come on. Can you be more subtle? Yeah. And one of the moments that I loved about, there's like a specific moment or through line in this movie was the baseball from the dad's desk. Yeah. And Don Johnson got mad about something at one point, threw the ball outside. <laughs> Such a horrible throw. Yeah. Like just, I just need to bring it up for a second. Like you see him get really mad and then you see the ball just kind of go bloop. Yeah, it just goes bloop outside, which goes to the dogs who have a character thing themselves about that they don't bark at Anadarmus, but they do bark at Ransom. Uh, and then eventually the ball comes back. The dog who's on the side of Jamie Lee's character where she's petting them during all the big announcement, which is also a very big power move type thing for the dog to choose her out of every person in the oh, room. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then she pulls the ball out of his mouth. She, and for just like half a second of a shot, you just see her look at the ball. Like, you could miss it within a blink. But you could, like, that's a good filmmaking right there. Where, like, she just looks at the ball. And you can see the look on her face. We're like, well, that's important. Yeah. And I the clocked that. And then she goes back to the office and she puts the ball back where it's supposed to be on her dad's desk. 
And that's how she finds the letter to find out that her husband's cheating on her. Like, that is a through line <laughs> of a ball yeah. that most people are probably not paying attention to. And it's great. Yeah, that oh, is- I loved that. I loved that so much, especially because I had almost forgotten about the uh, games that she mentions that she plays with her father. Yeah. And that's and then, symbolizing games right yeah, there. A ball. <laughs> Don't get much easier. Yeah. <laughs> much clearer. No, yeah, I know. Games. Like, the movie is, <laughs> is screaming to me. It's like, this are you are you following this trick here what we're doing this through line and i I feel like almost ashamed i never caught it until like close to the end but i loved that the note wasn't blank it had stuff in there like i I figured ahead yeah that one invisible ink on it like i just got that feeling yeah that one i got right away but i (laughs) I, the ball thing i didn't realize i'm not sure i even picked up on it like i know i noticed when he threw out the window, and I know when the dogs picked it up, and then I think I kind of lost it. I wasn't even paying attention that she brought it back into the room where it was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, I remember parts of it, but it's not. I clocked every second. Like, I yeah. clocked most of the use of props in this movie. That one's just the most easiest to recall at the moment. But that's... And but, it's just a... It's an example of good filmmaking. Oh, yeah. And what, that's kind of going back to what I was saying earlier. Like, it's good filmmaking and good writing. Like, the script is airtight. Like, even there's a throwaway line in the beginning, like a joke about Ransom, where he couldn't tell the difference between a prop knife and a real knife. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's a yes. throwaway joke. And then at the end of the movie, he tries to kill Ana de Armas with a prop knife. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, that was my cheer. Stand up and cheer moment, if there, oh, there yeah. was one. It was like, oh, this it came together and it didn't feel written. Like, but some also, of these clever things sometimes can be. Yeah. Anna Darmus' character, Marta, is going to need so much therapy. So it's really good that she got a lot of money out of this. (laughs) Yeah. She's got the resources, like she said. (laughs) I thought I was being murdered. (laughs) (laughs) I I love it when he just looks at the knife and goes, like, looks at it and, like, tries to stab her, like, two more times. It's like, ah, fake knife. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. For a penny and for a pound. (laughs) Just love the little eat, eat. Ah, shit. <laughs> the sound design on that, that uh, throwaway, like that fake knife was exceptional right there. It just, oh. in the theater, it thundered. And I was just like, oh, oh, uh, Ransom, you poor fool. I, I do wish I'd seen this in the theater. I think it would have been a very fun theater watch, but I don't think it was lessened at home, at least. No. No, no, no. Yeah, there are movies where I'm like, nah, if I'd no. seen that theater, I would have liked it. This one was not one of those. This movie, I sat up in bed to watch contrast to Halloween 2 where I fell asleep several times. <laughs> several times. Mostly whenever the plot happened, Chewie's just wake me up when they're murdering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I tried to work while watching uh, this movie because I had to and it was difficult. It was a difficult task because even though I've seen this and seen it like a couple times, I still got wrapped up in everything we just talked about. Yeah, it, it it is a movie that grabs your attention. All right. Let's move into quotes. Quite a quote, quote, quotes. I'm going to go first because mine's a long, long one. I'm sorry to do this. I don't usually choose long quotes, but this one just, it had to be. So I, I'm going to have to read it off IMDb here. Okay. It is a Benoit Blanc quote. Uh, and I think it is one of the best quotes uh, in a movie from last year. I spoke in the car about a hole at the center of this donut, and yes, what you and Harlan did that fateful night seems at first glance to fill the hole perfectly. A donut hole in the donut's hole, but we must look a little closer. And when we do, we see the donut hole has a hole in its center. It's not a donut hole but at all, but a smaller donut with its own hole, and our donut is not whole at all. 
Oh, and Daniel Craig delivers that in such an amazing way. How many times? Not a donut hole at all. <laughs> He's just so excited to be saying all of it. It's just like it's so well delivered, so well written. If you told me in 2019 that I would get a line from Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig of all people, like this, I would have laughed at you and called you, you know, called you a loony. Yeah. Like, I think you're missing your donut hole. <laughs> right, exactly. But this is a gift. That quote oh, is a gift to all of us. So, so good. Uh, I think Chewie's still looking up hers. John, do you have yeah. yours? No, I have mine. Oh, you have Apparently yours? Okay. I just accidentally downloaded the script. Yeah, how about that? I didn't this was a PDF. <laughs> uh, so mine is just Linda when um, Blanc is trying to get her, and she just yelled, just straight looks at him with disdain in her voice. Are you baiting me, detective? <laughs> like, that's such a great moment, because there's so many... A lot of people are afraid to call out someone who's baiting them they're for an offense in case they're not, blah, blah, blah. And she just, like, full-on, hard stop disdain of, you're not controlling this discussion. Yeah. I am. <laughs> and I also, his reaction to it is just great. Okay. And he's just like, I'll get your husband later. Yeah. He's an idiot. And especially <laughs> just because it smash cuts to Don. <laughs> I want to call Don Bluth again. Super baited. Oh, that guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, uh, John, what's your quote? Uh, well, first I will second your quote because best quote. It's so good, in 2019. right? <laughs> yep. But the one that stood out to me in this rewatch uh is first of all it starts during the chase where i think uh ransom says something about uh, all right there baby driver and then at the very end of the car chase uh lakeith stanfield as lieutenant elliot gets out of the car when they've cornered them in the alley it's like that was the dumbest car chase of all time <laughs> we didn't talk about the detectives much at all no we didn't really they, talk they didn't... didn't have much to do with the movie no lakeith is such a good actor and i think he did great yeah. with what he had he just didn't have a lot he was playing the straight man to the insanity around yeah. him so there just wasn't a yeah lot no you do. that role is like the not fun one in any mystery where you've got the guy who needs it to be explained is yeah. one step behind the the super detective and and i'm i think this line i'm glad they gave him something funny like Everyone else has a funny thing in this movie. Yeah. And he got... I, I, we mentioned it earlier that the car chase wasn't very good. And I was thinking, I was like, this is a real, like this is on par with the, the Super Mario Brothers chase down to the pipe. Just like that level of uh, quote-unquote awesome. And yeah, Perfect Lieutenant Elliot had a great line for it. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I was planning on talking about Lakeith, but there's just not a lot to say about him, unfortunately. Because he just didn't have a ton to do. No. But I do like him a whole bunch. Double features. I don't want it to be as easy as it is, but I, I'm going to go with Clue because, of course, I am. I brought it up like 300 times. Um, I would probably watch Clue. F no, I'd watch this one first. I'd watch this one first and then I'd finish with Clue because this one's a little bit more serious and Clue is mm -hmm. just a complete nonsense from beginning to end. Um, but I think they yeah. pair well together. Like you, you kind of get the same sort of like, uh, oh, this is a good version of it. This is a Looney Turns version of it. And yeah, you can keep the buzz going from the very end of Knives Out. You just keep that buzz going with Clue and just yeah. ride it out. I mean, Clue still has, in my opinion, one of the funniest scenes in any film ever. Like I'd put it in my top ten, and it's when they they murder the singing Telegram girl. It's so <laughs> so goddamn funny. I haven't watched the movie in 
so long. Ago. Do you not remember that scene? No, I forgot. I, 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 until you mentioned it, I forgot, and then it just came back to me. Kid, and that was it. She rings the doorbell. They open the door, and she goes, "I am." You're singing Telegram, and they shoot her. Why? <laughs> I don't remember why. But that's I had to pause the movie when I was a kid because I was laughing so hard. I am. You're singing Telegram. Bam. <laughs> yep. I exactly. Need to know the motivation. Oh, so good. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with Murder on the Orient Express with Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Because it's the classic, and I just love Kenneth Branagh. I wonder what Kenneth Branagh would think of our opinion of Kenneth Branagh. I hope he'd love it. <laughs> he just went, Kenneth Branagh approves. <laughs> you love Kenneth Branagh? Kenneth Branagh loves Kenneth Branagh. We have something in common. <laughs> Let's go to a coffee shop and talk about Kenneth Branagh. Yes, sir. <laughs> can you wear your mustache for Murder on the Orient Express? Or can I wear your mustache for Murder on the She's going to wear your mustache. You do your hair like Professor Lockhart, and I'm just going to read Frankenstein. We're going to have a great time. Yes. <laughs> We're going to have a discussion about the difference between the Enlightenments and the Romantics in the 18th century, and it's going to be great. Uh, well, that's, I like, I agree with your selection, um, (laughs) but uh, I'm going to hitch off of, uh, Chewie's selection and go with the, uh, original Murder on the Orient Express starring Albert Finney as Hercule Poirot. And the connection I'm making here is just because of the detective, the quirky detective with an accent that's like, (laughs) that's quote unquote quirky. And when you watch that the 70s version it's weird like the performance is so comical versus everyone else trying to play a period piece and albert finney comes in there and just steals the show much like daniel craig's character in this just comes in with his accent and his whole donut whole conversation and takes it away from there and i think both of those would pair really well together oh for sure i i i'm one of the rare people like no i like both of them i think both murder the Orient expresses are great they're just great for totally different things i haven't seen the original I only saw that one once, very not not that long ago, actually. I think I watched it right after we watched the new one. I'm like, yeah, it's good. Oh, yeah, it just, it just doesn't have Kenneth Branagh in it. I was one of those rare people who had never watched any movie, play, or read a book, so I actually had no idea who did anything in The Murder of the Orient Express. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, I also read the book after Knives Out. See, like that's how much this movie turned me. I was just like, okay, I got to get more mystery in my brain right now. Let me just read the book because I got to that faster somehow than the uh, actual movies. And oh, so much fun. Yeah, they're just fun books. Uh, all right, so next week, I'm blanking on what we're supposed to be doing. Is next week True Lies? Sure. I think next week is True Lies, isn't it? True Lies it is. It can be. I mean, I think we might have said a different one instead of True Lies for next week, but I think we're going to stick with True Lies. We could truly be lying. No, no, we're going to do True Lies. Because I know True Lies was on the list. It was just True Lies. I think it's True Lies, Taylor from Panama, and then Prom Night. But I think Taylor from Panama is going to get get axed. Yeah, that was the one that might have been axed, but True Lies wasn't, I don't think. Yeah, so True Lies it is! Yay! <laughs> uh, True Lies, uh, you know, I am a probably to a fault James Cameron fan. Uh, and this is <laughs> my second favorite James Cameron movie. So I am a big, big fan of this movie. Very excited to rewatch it. Can't wait to watch it on, uh, you know, our 4K. What the fuck? Where is our goddamn Blu-rays for these stupid movies, James Cameron? 
Um, <laughs> busy. Underwater. Yeah, he busy is busy with one of the avatars, or tw- one like she... two of them, or something. Yeah, who who knows? We still don't have a quality resolution for the abyss. I'm just saying, fucking get to it, James. Can you imagine going to dinner or coffee with James Cameron and Kenneth Branagh? No, there'd be no room for us. There'd just be dicks swinging everywhere. No. <laughs> Let's go with personalities. Uh, same? It's such, a, it's such a visual, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. This, this place seats 65. Well, crass. us two are sufficient. <laughs> Okay, I think we need to do plugs. I think this is about to come off the rails. Uh, every Monday, be sure to tune in to uh, Welcome to You Are Doom. I wanted to say, where have you been doing? Uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome to You Are Doom, uh, the Frisky Dingo podcast. We had to take a brief break because uh, I, I needed some time off. Uh, I do a lot of podcast stuff, and I needed I needed a weekend for me. And it was very, very nice. Family. Well, yeah. And them. Yeah, they can come along. <laughs> You just totally throw me off my track. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why do I keep doing that? I don't know. I'm very tired. Uh, be sure to tune in every Monday for. To, uh, be sure to. Be sure to turn in every Monday to welcome to you our doom the Frisky Dingo podcast. We had to miss one week, uh, but we are back at it now. We have uh, just a few more episodes of season two, and then uh, and then we're going to be changing things up on that feed. We have a few names. We haven't settled on one yet, but the feed will be renamed. And then we're going to start changing the format. But be sure to just go to Welcome to You Are Doom, subscribe, and you will get all of it. You don't have to worry about a thing. We won't change a thing as far as where the feed is. Just the names and the shows and that sort of stuff will be ever-evolving. That's it for me. Chewy, you have nothing to plug, right? It's a a long pause. John, do you... No, (laughs) sorry. Uh, Snooze, you lose. I've got Demon Days, the weekly tabletop rpg actual play podcast that we got going on and we're having a good time and if you like D or tabletop or rolling dice or anything like that and you like uh, devils and demons and the infernal yeah, check out our show sounds good i think that's it i think we yeah. we knived out <laughs> yep. that one worked a little bit better than some of the other ones right yeah no let's make like a tree and knife out <laughs> all right <laughs> Bye. 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 See you later, bozos.